0: They come!
1: Hello and welcome to episode 186 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Kit Cox to look at both the physical and special effects of the first Highlander film. Please note, there's a bit of a sound glitch in this one. Um, I wasn't aware of it until I played it back, but I appeared on Kit's audio track as well as mine, uh, resulting in a bit of echo. I've done what I can to remove it, but it does pop up from time to time. Um, hope it's not too distracting. Give a big he's British! Well, the first time you were on the show, we discussed like an 80s fantasy film we first saw at the Maitstone Cinema. And blow me down, here we are again.
0: We are. (laughs) Except there was, was, yeah, there was songs in both of them as well. We're basically musical theatre, you two.
1: Yeah. 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 I hadn't thought about that connection either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good point as well. Yeah. So, I mean, this is your choice, isn't it? It um, is. You chose it. And then I thought, hang on a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back then, in the 80s, 90s. You were a big Highlander fan. In fact you named your dog.
0: Not Connor, any did, did you not know? any did I name my dog Connor but I named my son Connor. <laughs>
1: of course yes yeah. So yeah this is going to be very interesting because you know um I'll tell you what, you start off, what's your what, What's your history, what's your background with Highlander? And then I'll tell you mine, and we might have a, either a bust-up or just a slight variation in opinions. All yeah, right? I think so we you don't go have a bust-up.
0: Okay, so, I mean, Highlander for me was very much, uh, it was the first real big... Um, it was the first real big show which felt like a show for me as a, as a, an adult, as a teenager as someone that really was allowed to go to the cinema and choose what I wanted to watch um, it had sort of like obviously the Queen soundtrack I was a massive Queen fan um, and uh, and I, I'm a role player so I like was back then and still today so a sword and sorcery thing um, going through the eras, uh, not just was good for me but united my friends are something to go and watch as well um and i'm a massive so like scotlander file i guess so like a word i don't know it is now yeah -er all all words are made up (laughs) yeah you can be an anglophile so what's it what's a caledonia file i suppose um but um yeah so i go to scotland a lot um i really enjoy being up there um i wouldn't want to live there (laughs) (laughs) that's what a lot of people say even the people who live there say that but i i I do enjoy visiting and spend a, a hell of a lot of time up there and so everything about it just rang true for me um and I think it was the 80s for me was all about films you could quote. So Ghostbusters, um, Labyrinth um, and Highlander were all incredibly quotable films. Um, And uh, yeah, so a fantasy film that felt more my liking, very 80s, very quotable. And uh, yeah, just tied my friends together as something we could really enjoy. So that yeah that's what got me into it and then and then i became a super freak um and uh visited locations um uh, filming locations uh, met cast and crew um uh, hung out in places um did a, a a live action game where i actually walked around the streets for several months with a, with a foam sword inside a long coat um <laughs> And uh, the game was called Killer, but we used swords rather than guns. Um, and uh, yeah, so it became a huge part of my life. And yeah, I named named my dog after uh, Connor McLeod, and then years later, um, also named my son Connor. Um, so yeah, that's me. I'm a big fan. You didn't name your daughter Bonnie Heather, though. I didn't. Although it was up there, she Heather was one of the names. Oh right. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. It would have been a bit freaky. So, like, there's no other good female names in the show. To be fair, Heather is it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no one I'd wants agree. to name. I apologize to all Brendas out there, but no one wants to name their like oh. <laughs> their child Brenda. I apologize. I apologize to all Brendas out there, but no one wants to name their child Brenda.
1: Does does Brenda exist? If you go to a primary school now, are there little Brendas running around the playground? I I doubt it.
0: I very much doubt it. I was going to say quite quite like the idea of there being Brendas running around. It's quite a nice name. Should bring it back. I just
1: think whenever I hear Brenda, I always think of Brenda Bristol's uh, from an American Werewolf in London in that soft porn film. Whenever I hear Brenda, it's Brenda Bristol's. I don't know why. I think I know why. (laughs) Two reasons. Um. Yeah, so so okay. That's your that that's your uh, that's your side. Um, I always like you know talking to you when we talk about films from back then because back then, 1986, you would have seen it at the Maidstone Cinema, as I say. Oh yeah, yeah, that's so, exactly right. So that first time you ever saw it, there was a one in three chance that I was the projectionist that was showing it to you because there was still three of us there. And I remember the screen it was in because it's back in that time. If you tell me any film, I'll tell you the year and what screen we showed it in. And it was in screen three, you know, the little one. Wow.
0: Really? Was it in screen three? It was in I...
1: screen three because it wasn't a big film on its release. You know, it's only video that made Highlander such a big thing. And yeah, and, and I know it was in screen three because I used to go in and stand at the back and uh, and watch certain scenes um, because I really, really enjoyed the film, I, I I I thought it was fabulous, and I I think it was one of the very first uh, X rental videos I bought when I used to go up to London to Berwick Street get one of the big box X rentals, and I used to play it to death. Highlander. So we
0: so we, we can we can talk about this because this is something really interesting about you and I and Highlander. Um, both of us, and I I don't know why this is stuck in my head, but both of us had an X rental copy of it. Um, and um I wore my copy out mm. um, and you used to have laser discs, um, I did. and you had the laser disc of Highlander um, and um you always promised to play it to me, and we never did. Um, I do and you, you used to tell you used to tell me because at the time without dvds there was no director's commentary and stuff like that so you would tell me all these tantalizing facts that i didn't know um about it such as um the car park wasn't madison square gardens but was actually uh, a multi-story car park in london that, in they, london. Had to, that <laughs> they had to throw tarpaulins down the outside of because it was above ground to make it look like it was subterranean yeah so, and I only learned that fact from you and your laser disc, which you never showed me. No, I do apologise. <laughs>
1: I'll try and find one not, on eBay that, and I can send you the laser disc.
0: Yeah, not that I'm bitter after almost oh.
1: 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've since found out that uh, not only did they, um, you know, film the, the Carbic thing in London, but um, when, you know... Russell Mulcahy saw the graffiti on the walls, which was done by a Brit. He went, "This is crap." They actually had to fly out American graffiti artists to make authentic graffiti because the English ones were just so rubbish. That's brilliant, absolutely brilliant.
0: Because all the all the English graffiti would have just been someone calling on a wall, um, uh, <laughs> AKA B or something like that, or Wazza was here, Killboy um... <laughs> was <Waz-a-waz-ear. laughs> here. Yeah,
1: really lame stuff. But 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 all this is leading up to it, it, it is that since those laser disc days, I've I've never owned Highlander on DVD, so this was an opportunity to buy it on Blu-ray and sit down and watch it on Blu-ray. And I don't know what's happened in all those years, but I've found it quite a slog to get through. Now I know this is heresy to you, and this is where we have <laughs> our Barney Stroke oh difference of opinion. But all the flashback bits. Anything with the Kurgan, really, really good. All the modern day stuff, the detective bits, the bits with Brenda Bristols, I just I, I just found it really quite dull and tedious. No oh, I know that's yeah, this, is,
0: this is really this is you, I mean you've triggered me, man. You've triggered me. <laughs> <laughs> the I I think when it comes down to it it's it's one of the, it's it's of its time. It's not mm. a film. Um, And I always say this to people when I when I show it to them for the first time, if they if they've never seen it um, and say, oh, you've got to watch it. And then I will preface it by saying it's not a film. It's a very, very drawn out pop video. (laughs) Um, And uh, it's it's yeah, it has got some really sloggy bits in it. Um, But there's some as you said, the flashback scenes, the, the cuts between certain bits, between where we're looking in the modern day to the flashbacks, are wonderful. Um mm-hmm. And I think they still hold up today. And I think that the the modern day, modern day New York was shown very much as a kind of a dark place where you didn't want to walk the streets at night. Very much all 80s films, it was uh, like Warriors and things like that. They just made you not want to go there. You just assumed that everywhere you went, so like unless, so like there was someone death wish about to jump out with a sock full of dimes to uh, take on the muggers for you, that you weren't going to make it outside, um, or you're going to get run over by a taxi. Um, and uh, New York was seen as very dull. So those slogs and very dull, almost the end of things type of New York that they portrayed. Then jumping back two very rich very interesting so like um little scenes because they didn't really connect together um so little scenes um of the past um from the 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 duel um uh with the flintlock pistols um and uh, not with the flintlock pistols obviously that's how it ends um but that that duel on the common um and um all the the Nazi bit um there they they raise you up so you get that feeling of nostalgia that of McLeod is feeling from going back. So although I I agree it's a bit of a slog and it's it's not much of a film, if they had just done the New York bits you'd go, Yeah, this is not a good film.
1: No, no, because um, no, I'm just sitting there thinking, can we flash back now please? I want to see another <laughs> flashback. Well know? this is it, yeah, yeah. It's all about the flashbacks. It's not about it's not about
0: new york new york is it's the end of it it's um you're left with you're left with four people um to have the fight um and and that's it and they're they've been called to sort of like this the gathering for the that final fight scene um and you've just got these these four guys um that have shown up in new york and Two of them are friends, one of them doesn't seem to know anyone um, and the other and the other one's like everyone knows because he's the bad guy um and it it's yeah it it's it's very, very drawn out, and it's very funny that the detectives that have only just suddenly noticed this one time no one ever goes back and says, "Do you know what when we look back over history, there's been a hell of a lot of beheadings to be fair um, <laughs> So, but yeah, you, it, I, I think you need that that dullness to make the that that joy of going back in history, the flashbacks, to be as great as they really are, because they are, they're yeah. beautiful.
1: Castagir is gone; only you and I remain. Nice to see you, Kurgan. Who cuts your hair? I am in disguise. This way, no one will recognize me. I do. What do you want? Your head. (laughs) And the
0: prize.
1: Watch. Happy Halloween, ladies! Nuns, no sense of humor. Yeah, I think you've invented the strap line for the next time it's like, you know, comes out in an 8K or whatever's next coming down the line, which is Highlander. It's all about the flashbacks. (laughs) It's all about the flashbacks. I thought you were going to say the strap line
0: was going to be it's not a movie, it's just a really long pop video. Well, that and all. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you're absolutely 100% right. I mean, Russell Mulcahy here, he's like so many directors. They're fresh out the gate. You know, they've got lots of original ideas. They want to make a name for themselves. And and he certainly did. So does, you know, Ridley Scott, John McTiernan, you know. But then it's always saddening to see as they get further into their career, they all go a bit complacent. They've got nothing more to prove. They've got a name. You know, and they just don't become as interesting. I mean, Russell Mulcahy here—he's got some terrific ideas. As you see, as you say, these uh, segues from one time period to another—they're very interesting. Well done. Still looking at them now, they're done very, very well.
0: Incredibly well. I, as I said, I still think they hold up. Um, and although it it falls into that category now, of when you look back at old movies and realize that. Um, that what you're actually looking at is um is the first uh, kind of the first time that some of these things were done um and uh, like going into the fish tank and then like emerging out through a scottish lock um watching a, a fight scene so like um uh, madison square gardens um and then kind of going into a fight scene in the highlands of scotland um the there's some there's some wonderful they're they're seamless, um, and I think today people really struggle to make that work because they want to throw in some VFX in there to like go, oh, we're going to do a swirly, whirly, sort of like effect, so you know you're going back in time. Whereas this actually allowed the viewer to have a bit of common sense of their own and go, oh, okay, I realise that we're in a different time now.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've and said see. before on this show, you know, I've got so much more respect for films made back then before cgi whereas now you can do any flashy wipe from one time period to another or whatever but back then it was practical you had to do it and i mean a very good example at the beginning of the film is that crowd scene at the wrestling match where oh russell we wanted this uh widescreen panning zooming you know floating scene across the crowd and end at connor sat there but they couldn't do that. They had a wide angle lens and you can't get in close on a wide angle lens. So that camera flash, as we get near to him, is actually a physical cut to a different type of lens to get you in closer. You know, and once you know it's there, you're waiting for the camera flash. And it's like, yeah, we've switched camera lenses now. But that now you could do that easy. Yeah. yeah. And now I,
0: I could be wrong, but I think that was the first use of the wire camera as well. i'm pretty sure that's like that using a a camera which was on wires and zooming it around because that feels like a drone shot i don't mean nowadays that would be a drone shot it Um, does doesn't it but back then that that was just a that was just a wire camera as far as i was aware that was um set up so that the camera would drift around on a track so they knew exactly where it was going and where to like what it would be showing um and i think it then got used in music videos all over the place i mean you too i think used it to death
1: yeah yeah Uh, uh, another example i mean this is a special effects show but we also talk about practical effects and and one that i love and it's like good grief is the, the the sword fight in that car park the sparks coming off the swords That's is because really they've, <laughs> they've <laughs> attached to car batteries <laughs> Yeah, with a cable going up their trouser legs, yeah. you know, oh, we can be allowed to do that now. The
0: health and safety nightmare of two men running through what is definitely a wet car park. Um, yeah. Cause they run through puddles um, to get that light effect. And they have got half the time. So like, yeah, as you said, electrical cables run up their trouser legs so that when their swords hit they spark Um, and that's from car batteries Um, and yeah no you wouldn't be able to do it today so um, there would would be a hundred percent a health and safety uh, issue this should have been a health and safety issue then
1: (laughs) Yeah, Maybe maybe someone was paid off I don't know and we get our first special effect when Fazil is beheaded and his body starts to lift up and we get this like hand painted energy tendrils coming round him don't we the the an the animation effects
0: um is because obviously for my main job i'm an illustrator and cartoonist um and the the animation effects from back then um were were wonderful um be, because when you look at them now they look a bit chonky. um but at the time that was that that swirling effect was was proper magical um and as you said it it was animation it wasn't it, yeah wasn't a computer driven it was all hand drawn
1: hand drawn it reminds me very much of the the, the energy effects you get in forbidden planet back in the 50s and also in oh, yeah, the yeah. raiders lost ark where uh, where you know things are just about to start kicking off and you've got the z- 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 you know got the the, the energy oh, it's things it's
0: beautiful on. <laughs> yes.
1: and I, one of my favorite moments uh, in Highlander is that pan up to the ceiling of the car park and we're on the surface of the water at uh, good old uh, Don and Castle.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you have been to.
1: I've been um, there. You must yeah. have been. There.
0: I've, got, of course, I've been there multiple times. But so, like, uh, mate, you went there first.
1: I went there in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. You, you definitely beat me to it.
1: It, it um, was an amazing place. It's it's exactly as you see on film. Quite rightly, the Scottish go. No, this is an important location. We're not going to build a housing estate around it. You know
0: i mean if you if you go to Scotland there are lots of locations like that i mean it's it's um there are more there are more so like ruined castles in the middle of locks <laughs> than there are than there are housing estates in fairness. um but it's it's yeah what you see is what you get i mean I think all they were allowed to put up was flags and banners to make it look like it was lived in um and uh, yeah, but you go there today and it's still exactly the same. You yeah. can stand in the same locations. Um, I,
1: I I can remember, um, you know, there was a, a, a... I don't know if it was there when you went there, but there was a, a thing about the filming of, of, of yeah so it's it, it was... I mean, I didn't go
0: long after you, to be fair. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I went to go and see that... Um, because, yeah, a, there was a nice little kind of little museumy bit with a few yeah. behind-the-scenes photos yeah. and so sort on. Of... And, of
1: course, they, they built the village on the car park, didn't they? Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. which I think is brilliant. I, I've got a abiding memory uh, of being there, and uh, um, this this coach party, Shearings Coach Party, came along. We have to mention to anyone who's listening who's outside the UK, if you don't have Shearings, that's like a pensioner's holiday coach company isn't it and this shearing's coach uh company came along all these old biddies got out they took a couple of photos there was like a little visitor center they bought a postcard got in and went they didn't go to the castle at all they just came along took a photo got back on and went away it was like something from monty python
0: but that but that was a hundred percent that was that was how um so, like, the shearings used to work. So, like, there, was, there wasn't enough time to see anything. You had to. Yeah. Um, Off the
1: bus, 10 minutes, yeah, back on the yeah, bus. <laughs> you, you,
0: yeah, everybody had, like, their, a, a cup of tea and a shortbread. Um, and then, so, like, uh, all back on the bus again. Yeah. Um, but, uh, That's the yeah. way it
1: was. Because I remember we, shortly on that holiday, we went... If we were on a holiday, we went right down the Great Glen. So we started up at Inverness and went down past Loch Ness all the way down, got to uh, the end uh, by Fort William, and then we went to the Isle of Skye. And uh, we were staying in a bed and breakfast. And I said to the guy, you know, uh, about that moment. And he said, yeah, we get them here. We call them Sea Sky and Die. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> wow. I mean, uh, probably right. Um, but yeah, still wow. Yeah. But but this is this is where this is one of my massive, uh, geeky claims to fame. So, um, there's as I said earlier, it's an incredibly quotable film. Um, and it's at that location that uh, James Cosmo uh, gets to do, so like pick, so, like, Connor off of the floor. So James Cosmo playing uh, Angus, uh, Angus McLeod, um, who most people remember James Cosmo now as, I think, the head of the watch, um, the, the the wall watch from mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, um, and multiple other things. Uh, he was archety- in Braveheart as well, wasn't he? He was in Braveheart. He's the archetypal Scotsman, um, and uh, he does the amazing line of, can you walk, Connor? Um, and Connor MacLeod gets to do the, I bloody will walk <laughs> out of here, um, in the, the worst Scottish accent ever, against the man with the best Scottish accent ever. Um and we used to do that. If we ever went to a pub um, and we were getting drunk, um, because, as I said, my friends, we would all quote it all the time. As you got up to leave, having had a good eight or ten pints, oh, you geeks. one <laughs> of your mates would turn around and go, can you walk? <laughs> and you go, I'll oh, bloody well, walk out of here um and 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 i because i get to go to events etc and be into like green rooms with people i got to spend an entire evening in a pub with james cosmo um, and when i met him earlier on in the day i said that that's what we used to do and this man looked at me as if to say so like don't don't quote films at me so I, i'm in the green room because i want to be away from fanboys and i thought oh god i've completely stepped over a line and uh and then so, like, so i didn't mention it else anything else about it for the rest of the day didn't bring up highlander um and then we went out drinking the two of us of an evening um and uh, we spoke, spoke about scotland and our fathers and fishing and all kinds of things never mentioned films or anything like that and i said at the end of the evening they had called last orders. And I said to him, do you want another whiskey? Um, And he said, "Uh, yeah, yeah, please. And as I got up, he went to me, can you walk, Kit? (laughs) (laughs) And I got to say with the biggest fanboy grin on my face, I bloody well walk out of here.
1: (laughs) See, that should have been filmed. That should have been filmed, shouldn't it? (laughs)
0: But just an absolutely a legend of a man. If you ever get to go to a show and to like uh, and speak to him or hear him talk about the films that he's been in, um, he is so kind, so gentle, um, and yeah, deserves the roles he gets because he is that. He's just a big friendly guy from a certain era um that uh that deserves every single role he gets absolute legend of a guy yeah but um yeah but that's i think his best and last scene um in the whole of highlander so
1: Mm. my best scene comes up next because you know when they go out to war um you know the best thing in the movie for me is the kurgan right in that outfit um yeah, I don't know if that outfit still exists, but it should do, and I want it. You know,
0: it's it's the classic. How long did how long were you looking at that outfit, thinking, "Well, what does that skull come from?"
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was a question for you. Are we supposed oh, really? to believe that that's a real skull or just a stylized helmet? Because it's fabulous. There was a, a an issue of Starburst that had a big old photo of old Clancy. Uh, a a head and shoulders shot and and that was just an amazing photo i i adore this outfit
0: yeah it's an amazing outfit although you know um yeah he he wasn't the biggest fan he didn't mind that outfit but we'll get into his other outfit later um but he yeah clancy is not a fan of all his outfits in that show um but I have read the book. There is a novelisation of the book, uh, of the film. But unlike most novelisations of films, um, Highlander has a a really, really good backstory. And there's a lot of Kurgan stuff in there, which is not in the films. Um, mm-hmm. Purely because they paint him up. to. I mean, he kills his father when he's a child um, by dropping a hot stone from the fire into the back of his dad's snoring mouth um um but as far as i'm aware the helmet that he wears is the helmet of a cave bear um oh, so uh as far as i if i remember rightly i could be making that up um but i've i'm pretty sure i read it in that book um and the it's supposed to be whether someone retrofitted that i don't know but, um, yeah, so the skull is supposed to be the skull of a cave bear. It um, looks more reptilian to me. It does, yeah. I th- I think, so, like, at the end of the day, that the book was probably written after the film came out mm-hmm. because, obviously, the script for the film was written ages before the film was actually made, so the script was there. Um, But, yeah, the, the book says, so, like, it was a cave bear. And at the time there was another there was another film out and another series of books, The Clan of the Cave Bear with uh, Daryl. Daryl Hannah. Hannah, yeah. Yeah. Um and um so I can imagine that being fresh in people's minds and going, Oh, what's a big skull that could be worn like a helmet, let's say cave bear?
1: Yeah. Mm. mm. I love the moment, you know, because Connor's going around, like, why won't anybody fight me? And then, Mother of God, there's the Kurgan. I love the way Connor doesn't even get to swing his sword before (laughs) he's stabbed in the belly.
0: (laughs) Just got his arms out wide. (laughs) (laughs) I love the fact that the Kurgan does stab him in the belly as well. So, like, he knows that this is the shot. (laughs) Just walk up behind him. I mean, if he's going to just attack him, this guy's not paying any attention. Just take his head straight away would have ended the film there. <laughs> I'm, I,
1: I, you know, I'm stunned, you know, that every time you have a, you know, top 20 movie villains, the Kurgan's not really ever mentioned. And I really don't know why, because Clancy Brown obviously is having a blast. His voice is, you know, is, matches the, 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 the superbness of, of, of his outfit. He's a, he's a screen classic, but nobody really talks about him.
0: Dane. I I think it's because he's he's a fairly one dimensional character. So like what's what's imbibed into that character is Clancy Brown himself. Um which he has used that in every single bad guy he's played since. Um it's Clancy Brown being Clancy Brown. Um well obviously not because he's not a bad man, but um <laughs> but i think well, i don't know I've never the him, so can many years come on get um, yourself out of this <laughs> hole and uh, but he um yeah he's actually quite a one trick pony and it's only i i love the outfit um with the 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 big plumed helmet um and so like the size of the guy compared to everybody else but when he turns up in new york um and it's the only the, the only other time we ever see like the Kurgan. um he's basically just a, a metalhead. um yes. he wears um he wears a t-shirt so like he's got long hair until he shaves it um and uh, because he's in disguise um and uh, he has the the obviously the the safety pins going around his neck um from where um Ramirez always almost took his head. So yeah.
1: Well, talking about Ramirez, my second favourite thing in the film is Ramirez. Okay. The audacity of having a Scotsman playing an Egyptian pretending to be a Spaniard, but still <laughs> let, let, with a Scottish accent. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fabulous.
0: It, it's 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 the w so you've got an American playing a Russian. Um you've got um a Brit playing um an a zulu tribe leader um you've got a frenchman, a frenchman playing a scotsman, scotsman. <laughs> um, and a scotsman playing as you said an egyptian spanish <laughs> so like hybrid <laughs> so yeah the the accents are all over the place they all come from lots of different places <laughs>
1: can i ask you about one of the worst effects in this film and it it's it, it's it, every time i mean i don't know what else you could have done to depict it but but when connor's on the bottom of the lock and he realizes oh, okay. he, he, he he can still breathe or or he's still alive um it just looks all a bit silly
0: and I, I mean yeah, um, I think the, the the blowing out the bubble is 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 a physical thing. So, like, he's definitely underwater, um, but it's definitely a tank made to look it, like the
1: bottom of a lock. That's um, not what that Scottish locks are not that clear. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm full of peat for a start, and yeah. it's just you know, I that's think not the of,
0: worst effect. Are they? No, so no, yeah, no, no. there are but, there are some really. Terrible ones later on yeah so, but yeah. I,
1: I I think for me with with Highlander back then yeah yeah i I really enjoyed it, but we've what we 've seen so much since you know so much more has come down And the film that was out i' don't around about the same time, a little bit later, this scene with um Connor on, on the bottom of the uh, unconvincing lake reminds me so much of Val Kilmer in top secret when when they're <laughs> at the bottom of the lake, and then you know you have that silly bar fight underwater and everything yeah you know
0: yeah i i mean the the thing was if you it was trying to put people into different things wasn't it it was trying to make people all films at the time it was trying to be clever and underwater photography james bond had it all the time there was a a good a good few zombie movies um that um had fights i mean there's a zombie movie where a guy a zombie fights a shark at the bottom of the sea um and it's literally just a guy in a tank with sort of like, a bit of a sandy bottom um and what, the tank uh, yeah. or the man <laughs> the man eventually he <laughs> fell over a few times it was a real shock um but i think going back to the era it's we so often go back now and look at special effects and go uh, these special effects are rubbish but they were they were the best that could be done at, um, at time. the time mm-hmm. um and i think that that seeing um connor McLeod being submersed in the water but then also doing the bubbles thing um was was great um and it it's I would say for me it's probably my second favorite underwater oh, film really yeah my first favorite underwater film's got to be dragon um <laughs> and if anyone knows that scene in dragon so like uh, you have my my Joyous it's my joyous ex- <laughs> exuberance, yeah, that scene got me through a lot <laughs> <laughs> can,
1: can we pop back to the kurgan? We can, yes, I'll, I'll just make another point when he arrives <coughs> and bursts in on 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 Bonnie Heather and Ramirez, and he's got that long big black wig on. I can't help but think of Rick May in bad news. <laughs> He had a wig exactly the same. Right. Possibly. I don't think I've ever made that
0: connection. But you are you are on what I would consider, and even at the time considered one of the, the weirdest special effects ever, when the... where Ramirez and the Kurgan head up the tower um, and start striking the walls of the tower. And they are pulled away. So, so what they've done is they've just reconstructed a tower. Um, and they just pull it away and in the the rocks fly away in the most bizarre <laughs> manner ever they, i think they
1: look like being pulled by wires
0: yeah i know but not just that it's not just pu- you you can't help but think to yourself that i'm sure if if you hit that and someone pulled it with a wire you could make it look like it's falling you actually have gravity to help you pull that wall down um and yet it kind of flies out in a weird way. There's a couple of times where they strike the wall on the inside and it gets pulled in towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it flies inwards rather than out. Um, there's lots of lightning effects um, in that particular scene. There's a lot of back-painted um, storm going on. Um, but, yeah, that the walls come apart in the most... In the, they they defy every law of physics, yeah um, it's
1: very silly, but yeah do you think maybe they were supposed to superimpose an effect over the top, more of the energy swirls or something like that, and that was supposed to disguise it, but they ran out of time or money or something?
0: I very much doubt it, I mean to let, it seemed to it seemed to tick all the boxes that it wanted um I think they they knew enough. Um, they knew what they wanted and it was in a time when when russell was probably putting stuff together and knew exactly what he had to do to make that work um and the as you said there's lots of stuff that gets pulled down by wires um and so like the the silver cup sign gets pulled down later on by a wire that that then when they put in the special effects to show that um, that there's crackling, sort of like um, quickening lightning going on, I don't know whose job it was, but they actually highlight the wire. Um, mm. and so they use the wire um, to trace a crackling uh, lightning bolt up to the silver cup sign, and it's the wire which is which is pulling down the sign. Mm. So rather than as a, a piece of special effect, which would have actually taken or that which would have been lost in the darkness, is suddenly highlighted by the effects which are put on it later. So I don't think that that the effects that they would have added later would have would have helped it. Would have helped. I was going to say I think it it definitely seemed to be two different types of teams that were coming at it, and when they were filming it. They knew that they had to get most of the visual effects there on screen, so what you're seeing is actually happening. And I can only assume that once they pulled that tower down and they looked back at the rushes for that day, that they then turned around and said, "Yeah, there's bits of that that look weird, but we can, yeah, we just have to say that it it's it's the quickening was blowing it apart, not their sword cuts, um, yeah. because it just looks wrong."
1: It looks wrong, but also, I mean, this whole sequence, this effect sequence, there's there's an oddness to it because when you see the two of them just before Ramirez uh, dies and, and the two of them are on that crumbled staircase, the, the, the way it's shot, the way they're standing, it almost looks like it's puppet work. Yes. But then a couple of shots later, you can see them clearly moving and it's like, that's not puppets. That's actually actors on that staircase set.
0: I think this this is this is one of the things about um physical effects versus special effects as well. A lot of the time special effects show the brain what we actually think we should be seeing. So mm-hmm. therefore they look really good on screen because that's how we assume it would actually look. But reality doesn't do that. Re- reality um a physical effect works in a different way and as you said will sometimes look like a puppet um because because that's a physical effect using a puppet so when you see something not acting real you get that uncanny valley effect yeah. um and your brain says well that doesn't look real because they were clearly on safety wires to stop them falling and hurting themselves um so they were probably moving in a way that wasn't realistic mm. um and uh, and so therefore when they got to that fight to the to the eye watching on especially a modern day eye which has become very accustomed to special effects being very very polished um it looks it looks uncanny valley and our brain starts telling us it's not real yeah it's fake Um, it's yeah it's fake and so that's what we hit that's what we see um and so even though it is two people fighting up a flight of stairs in the way two people would have to fight up a flight of stairs if they were trying to avoid all the cables that were going into them to keep them safe that's how they're going to come across so i don't think it necessarily is is bad um i think it's good for the time but yeah it's so like there are there are a few moments where you go okay i don't yeah. get why that happened
1: yeah so I mean, yeah, the, yeah the the crumbling brickwork with that shot also the way that shot um, you know, your brain is saying fake. They aren't outside. That's indoors. That's that moonlit cloud <coughs> in the background is very Frankenstein, nineteen thirty-one Frankenstein. It all adds to the the, the fantasy yeah. element of it, doesn't it? It really does. So, like, and um, the
0: yeah, the, the, and it does. It adds to the fantasy element, and um, and it, it it's very much if that was done in black and white. Um, I think you would have been a lot more sympathetic towards it, but because it's done in such high gloss colour, it feels, as I said, it feels wrong. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it, it. I for me, I would say that the the tower scene, even at the time, it felt a bit sort of okay, but. i'm a doctor who fan from that era so um the sets wobbled everything wobbled so um you you forgave it then yeah you go wrong with it don't you yeah but watching it back now especially when you're going to talk about it critically you do go oh yeah there's so many things which were wrong with this Mm. um yeah but still nicely shot
1: Yeah, yeah yeah um It's weird. Um, I can remember watching at the back of the auditorium um, old Clancy with Brenda Bristols in the car, you know, and they've gone off and that that uh, instrumental track by Queen and really loving that instrumental track by Queen. But now I'm, yeah, it's it's all right, but I can remember really liking it back then. I guess I've just, uh, you know, tastes change somewhat as you get older.
0: I think they do. So like it's there's there's a few things that sort of I still love in it. Um and think that are done really well and there's a few things that definitely have not held up well to the test of time. Um and I for what I really loved at it bit with the soundtrack before, the soundtrack made the film for me. Um when when I was younger because it was Queen. Um and but now the soundtrack is too loud mm-hmm. so um and also the fact that most of it is a vocal soundtrack by a very well known band it does it does great so like i would never expect to watch a film now and have someone singing through something it no. feels it feels weird um sounds like a music video <laughs> exactly <laughs> So and but this is it. Whereas when we talked about Labyrinth, it does go into dance numbers. They deliberately put Bowie in. they was going to be singing. Yeah, but it's um, a musical fantasy, Labyrinth. Exactly. Um, whereas when when we go into Highlander, it's not a it's not a, it's not a musical fantasy. It's n- that's not what it is. So watching it back now, I do often think uh it could it could do a less Queen. Um Would you say that for Flash
1: Gordon as well though?
0: Um No, do you know what? I probably wouldn't, because Flash Gordon's a lot more campy. Yeah. Um so therefore it kind of it almost Flash Gordon I would say would be closer labyrinth than um than Flash Gordon is to Highlander. Mm. Um it's uh it's a campy film. It's got it's got a comic feel to it. It's you're not the you don't see shonky um special effects in flash Gordon due to the fact that that's what you're looking at and you mm. your eye has instantly been trained to yeah you're looking at a comic book set this is yeah. Yeah. this is you can almost see it being filmed in front of a live studio audience as everything feels like it there's there's a back to it and there's sides to it and it opens up to where the camera crew are and that's how your brain reads it whereas because Highlander is outside and there's so many great camera shots with the wire work and and things like that. Um, and the helicopters, when they do the standing on the edge of the, the scenery, um, that you expect it to have depth. Um, and so therefore it's based in reality and we don't have a musical soundtrack playing to our lives. So again, it falls into that. This is too much. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's the wrong kind of music, for uh, what they're doing. Whereas Flash Gordon, it feels like it's a stage play. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah.
1: They're entwined. The music of Flash Gordon and Flash Gordon are entwined, aren't they? You know? mm. yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This uh, Blu-ray I bought was the 40th anniversary Blu-ray. Oh, nice. Right. Yeah. And I'm just very surprised that they didn't do any optical cleanup of the wire work. At the Right. End. Okay.
0: Yeah. Because it, it's terrible.
1: <laughs> it starts with them both falling through the skylight, clearly yeah. on Kirby wires, gently lowering them down. And, yeah. and no matter how much they're trying to act, they're being lowered gently to the ground.
0: Yeah, they don't, they don't move fast enough. So like it's the that whole that whole silver cup scene. There's some, as I said, there's the the highlighting the wire when the uh, the electrical goes up the wire, which is a a wire which is pulling it down. Um and uh, the the people that are ducking underwater that when you're thinking, to yourself, hang on a second, this water's only it's only calf deep, and yet people are going underneath it. Um, yeah. you have to suspend belief all the way through it. But then when they fall through the skylight and they both fall in that kind of slow motion way, but everything else is falling at normal speed. Yeah. It, again, it falls into that uncanny valley, and you go. that doesn't quite work as a special effect. Um, And I think the reason why this film has been tried to be made so many times again and again and why so many people keep going, we should remake it is because the feel of the film and the story of the film is great but the execution of it is very of the era from, as you said, a man trying to show off every single one of his tricks that he's learnt and Doing a damn fine job of it because everything they do- did would have looked amazing to the camera crew, etc. Whereas a modern day film, most of it. I mean, I've I've done uh, film work um, and TV work. Uh, there's a place called Black Island Studio in London, um, and I spent two days in a uh, their green room, um, which is the walls are curved, um, the, everything is is green, so that so that they can remove the background and put more stuff in um and uh, eventually your eyes they can't focus on anything because you've got no depth perception because there's no shadow mm-hmm. um and that's what modern movies are i mean when you, when i've seen those things back those tv shows back and go well i was there and i know i know i wasn't in so sort of like turn of the century new york um i know what was going on and yet it fits better than than say Highlander does mm. because they can't adjust the lights um, they can't do things like that but when we were filming it, it felt weird you mm. were just people wandering around a big green room pretending to be sort of like gangs and the like but when you see it on screen it looks great so for the actors filming it in modern special effects they get that they they can have that they have to really cast their imagination into that yeah. scene because it's not there. Um, whereas, and it's, it looks terrible probably to film and people have to look back at it when it's all put together and go, okay, yeah, it works now. Uh, whereas Highlander, I should imagine that watching them film that, that probably felt great. Hmm. Two of your greatest stars or the people that make the film dropping through a skylight into a warehouse to be deposited on the floor while debris and water is splashing down around them that would have looked amazing Mm. to actually be filming it at the time but then when we watch it back you are suddenly aware damn they fall slow (laughs) 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 so yeah and i and i think you did the, Today, the, I think that's one of the problems with the special effects of this because a lot of them. I know this podcast is about so like special effects, but so like and these are a lot of physical effects. But with these physical effects, because you would have seen them happening, they would have felt amazing, mm. and you wouldn't have questioned them. Um, and I think that's why now watching it back with a modern eye. Um, or watching blu-rays you do think, well why didn't they tidy it up mm. um, and you're thinking because it's probably too difficult to because you can't take out the background it's not on a separate layer That's it's true. it's actually there whatever you tinker with you have to get the lighting right you have to get everything else right so unfortunately Highlander will have to stay as let um, unless they remake it mm. Um which it will be a different film. It won't be Highlander. It will have the same story, but it won't be Highlander um, because Highlander is flawed. And that's one of the things that makes it one of the greatest films out there. Mm.
1: Can we talk about the animation uh, yep. at, at the end? Because I said earlier, <laughs> you know, the, the, the animation the energy animation that happens, you know, um, that, 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 what I don't understand is the energy animation was put on that to hide the wires. I can still see the wires. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw them back in 86. I can still see them now. <laughs> yeah. So what you were saying about you've got to change the lighting and da-da, but surely with CGI, you could have just added a few more energy tendrils to cover up the wires this time.
0: Yeah, maybe. So, like, is that... I mean... I've got a real problem with like things being touched up um oh, yeah. To... <laughs> um not that much of a problem. Um but um things being touched up so like historical things um are being changed so that it looks good for a modern eye because if it looked good, if someone had touched it up, would we be having this conversation? No. So, mm. like, if it was, if it was a seamless film now, and you showed it to people, is it a good film? Probably not. So, like, it's quite fairly one-dimensional. Um, it's it's a story which has now been told multiple times and probably better. Um, it's it, there's a lot. There's a lot that makes this film great, but it's because it's of its era. It's very much an 80s film. Mm. Um, And so, therefore, that's where the love comes from it. And I think if you tidied it up and made it too clean, what would then start shining through is... Hang on a second. Why is this Scottish guy talking with a really (laughs) bad French accent? Why is this guy that's amazing with a sword clearly can't see properly? Um, Why is... like what there's so many flaws in it that i think you forget because there's so many that once they all push together you go do you know what i'm going to ignore that this this film is massively flawed um and enjoy it for how it makes me feel Mm. um i i think that taking those wires out would be a disservice to the film. As much as it might make it look good, I think it would then shine too much of a light on other bits, such yeah, as yeah, such as the anim- the animation and the quickening at the end when giant mouths come forward and bite him and whatnot. It's just all a bit
1: weird. That's a very good <laughs> point because, yeah, again, hand animation demon faces, which again remind me of the monster of the id from Forbidden Planet. Um But if you would, yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on there. If you was to update them and make them more scary or realistic, the part the charm of those demon faces, as odd as they may be, fit into a film where you've got a Scotsman playing an Egyptian playing a Spaniard and you've got a Frenchman playing a Scotsman. It just adds to the quirkiness of the film, don't you think?
0: it does yeah and this this is what makes it and so like this is i think 80s films will will always fit into a category of they're a little bit broken um and that's why they're loved um would they we weren't watching for a lot of films we weren't watching the films because it was a good story or because it was well told we were watching the films because Sean Connery was in it hmm. or uh, because Arnold Schwarzenegger was in it or Sylvester Stallone um, or someone had done really quirky and gone oh David Bowie's gonna be in another film can, say, can he act yet no still can't act but he's in it um and uh and we're loving for it um and I think that's what it was it was this this culture of celebrity is what makes 80s films great um There is a special effects. There is a love of the physical special effects that I will always enjoy more um, than I will enjoy uh, visual effects, um, ones which have been added later with CGI and the like. Still make for a good film. um, And I'm not dissing them. I I just don't enjoy them. I don't walk away with a warm feeling about a very well visualised CGI monster um as I do about a couple of guys stuffed in a rubber suit. Um mm. I, I and I think that's what makes Highlander. It's the whole film is basically a couple of guys stuffed in a rubber suit. Um it's it's got joins, it's got zips where you shouldn't see zips, um, it's got it's got bits that you shouldn't see. It's got quite clearly special effects which were added later um by people that hadn't really been explained the film properly um and uh, all of those things show through but they all go they all come together into a perfect storm to make what is a very very enjoyable film um And I think it's enjoyable because you can go, jeez, did you see the wire on that? Or how slow are they falling? Or did those bricks blow inwards? Um. (laughs) And
1: you still forgive it. Yeah. That was very nicely put, Kit. You should write, you know.
0: (laughs) I should, yeah. Maybe I should. Maybe I should... uh... Release a load of books, all
1: available from Amazon and all good booksellers. Link on the Facebook page. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that was very nicely summed up. So uh, um, before we go today, I I need a general uh, vote out of 10 from you for what we've been talking about, physical and special effects alike. Can you get that all together into one number?
0: Into one number, definitely. I think Highlander, as much as it's one of my favourite films, still comes in at a 7.5. Ooh. So yeah so it's i i think it's it's great, but when you start looking at it so like it's flawed, if I was to mark it as to how it makes me feel, it's a ten um but if I was to mark it as a film on all its values um from script to uh special effects, it's seven point five
1: all right well i'm I'm exactly one point below you at six point five so that's a Ooh. seven all right well that's respectable that's, that's respectful. Yeah yeah so that that's good. All right. Okay well I think we're just about done so thanks for your time today.
0: It's always a pleasure.
1: And I'm off to eBay now to try and find a laser disc of, of, <laughs> of, of it for you all right
0: so I can come round and finally watch it.
1: Yeah and I'll put yeah yeah let's put that out on record yeah that I I will attempt it and yeah and then you come round and we finally what forty years later? <laughs> forty years later, we will watch the LaserDisc version.
0: Um It's not the actual film we want to watch. It's the, it's 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 the, the commentary. The yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. Okay. Thanks, Kit. Thanks for it's your been time. A pleasure. Right. right. Cheers, Ed. Bye bye. Turn up.